Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Love This Bitch, the self-compassion podcast. And I am your host, Lisa, the life coach. I am recording this right now on Labor Day weekend 2020, and I've had a wonderful day, coached a client this morning, and then I spent the next few hours at the lake with my partner's family and our dog and his niece's dog for his niece's dog's first birthday. (laughs) So there was puppy cake and ice cream, and it was just lots of fun. And I enjoyed it in the sun, and it was very hot. And now I'm tired, and my puppy, my baby girl's tired. And um, I think we're about to curl up on the couch for a nap. (laughs) But I wanted to come in and record this episode for you because this topic has been coming up a bit with my clients, and I know it's something that that I've struggled with myself in my life. And that is this: these thoughts that we can have around what it means to be strong, um, and particularly what it means to be emotionally strong. So, you know, for me growing up, I had a very traditionally masculine father. He was a police officer, a chief. And so, you know, he was a very strong man and he did not cry, of course, or show any emotions. And so I always saw my father as being very strong. And in my mind, I saw that he was strong and he didn't, you know, show emotion. He didn't cry. And so that meant that was strong. And that is pretty typical. A lot of men from his generation are that way. But my mother also is a very strong woman. Um, She's been through a lot in her life and she's very intelligent and strong and and beautiful and she also does not display much emotion or particularly she does not cry and i've seen her go through some very difficult times some very tragic losses in her life and she doesn't cry so you know i have these two role models of people who i think are intelligent and you know and strong and i look up to and neither one of them cry so I always, in my mind, and they never taught me this, but I grew up in my mind thinking that it was weak to cry, and I could not do it um, when I would get upset. I, I And I don't cry a lot, so even then, I, I would still be like, you shouldn't be crying. Strong people don't cry. You're weak, and this is weakness, and that's how I felt about it, and I struggled with that for a while, and then as I got older, I, you know, I noticed that I... I cried less and less. But when I started working with my coach, one of the things that that I did work on is this idea that I had equated in my mind that my parents were strong and didn't cry, so strong people don't cry. And that, you know, is is not it seems like maybe a logical jump, but it, it but it's not. My parents, for whatever reasons, their biology, their experiences, their thoughts and feelings, they don't show that particular emotion that way. And they are strong people. It doesn't mean that those two are necessarily related or that they have to go together. And that was important for me to learn and not to judge myself, right, when I'm crying and then I'm sitting there beating myself up because I'm crying and I'm such a baby or so weak. Why can't you be stronger, (laughs) right? When you're having all those thoughts, it just makes you feel crappier doesn't really make you feel less like crying. <laughs> um, although that, that may, you know, some people may 
say suck it up buttercup and and then they do but that's not a sign of strength and that's something that you know I've had clients that that I have to work with on they just want to shut off emotion so that they don't feel hurt because they believe that if they feel hurt that they're weak and if they cry then then they're just a cry baby and they're just being very weak and these are just thoughts right i um I didn't Google it, but I'm sure you can. I'm surprised I didn't because I love sciencey stuff. But there, you know, there are all kinds of processes that probably go on to cause us to cry and why we cry, you know, and different things like that. And yeah, there are our thoughts that contribute to it, but it doesn't make it a sign of weakness. Um, just that's a process that probably connects more for some people than others, right? Some people pass out when they see blood or throw up, you know, and some people don't. Some people gag really bad when they eat foods that they don't think taste good, right? I do know it's mental and that you can work on it, um, but I just don't just don't feel like it. But it is a struggle for me to eat or drink something that I do not like. <laughs> and meanwhile, my boyfriend, he's just like, it's good for you. Just knock it down. Just eat it. That's what I do. I just do it. It's no big deal. And I'm like, well, your body's not reacting the way mine is because it's a big deal. <laughs> it's very hard for me. <laughs> My body is saying, no, do not eat that. And, you know, of course, he's like, well, that's all mental. You know this. Of course, I know this. But there's so many foods out there that just taste good to me. I'm not going to waste any time or energy. And Waste, again, optional thought. But I'm not going to spend any of my time or energy working on being able to eat food that I don't like <laughs> when there's plenty of food that I do like, right? I did learn to like chips and salsa. I will say that. I didn't, I used to not like it. And I was just like, oh, it's free and everyone's always eating and I love Mexican food. So I did learn to eat that. And now I love chips and salsa. But that's the exception that <laughs> proves the rule because otherwise I'm not going to do that. But so, you know, just because he has that willingness or that ability to not gag all the way through it and feel sick to his stomach like he's going to throw up when he eats nasty food. doesn't make him stronger than me, right? It's not a competition. <laughs> so if, you know, when you have thoughts and feelings of hurt, true, that emotion is coming from those thoughts and feelings, but how you physically react to it, you know, whether you just feel a pain in your stomach or a pain in your chest or you tears come out of your eyes, doesn't have to mean anything. doesn't have to mean anything about you at all. Some people can get sick sometimes with a certain virus. And again, like some people will throw up. Some people will have other symptoms, right? Sometimes stuff happens and, you know, before you process it, it hurts. You have painful thoughts and water comes out of your eyeballs. Who cares? It does not mean that you're weak. <laughs> and telling yourself that that means that you're weak and that you shouldn't feel is not helping, right? It's not helping you build that emotional resilience. Because what emotional strength really is, it's not not feeling. We do, in our minds, create a lot of stories and na narratives that cause us additional pain and suffering and anxiety. That is something we do, right? So if your mind's unmanaged, then you probably do that quite frequently. And if you start doing thought work and you learn to manage your thoughts, manage your mind, yeah, you can absolutely reduce the unnecessary suffering, the pain, the anxiety. Absolutely. I've done it. I know many people who've done it. But 
you don't get to this point where it's like you're no longer human, right? Where you've elevated yourself to this transcendence where you have no emotion and everything is just logic and thought. Like we're human beings. <laughs> we don't work that way. There is pain and sadness and, and joy, you know, and, and I say that probably in most of the episodes. It's all part of the human experience. Pain and hurt, these are things that happen. These are things that we all go through. If you eliminate those, then you take away that part of you that, that makes you human. And then how do you know joy and happiness if you don't know pain, right? How do you know what you have if you don't know it, its loss, what its absence is like? It's, you know, life is about contrast and, and it's about all those different emotions. A lot of life coaches say 50-50. I think that's probably an arbitrary statistic. I think you would want to at least be at 50-50, right? If, if you have more pain um, than you have happiness, you're going to want to shift that maybe to a more centered point. But that's all neither here nor there. The point is, is that there's no scale. There's no system where it's zero on the pain, zero on any emotion that we might perceive as being negative. That's not realistic, right? And again, even if we could achieve that, how would we know the joy and the happiness? Where would the contrast be if I could just make myself eat food that I didn't like? And so I just did that all the time and, and never ate anything that tastes good. Would I even know the difference <laughs> when I just think, hey, eating really sucks. <laughs> Wish we didn't have to do this in order to live. But that's part of life is feeling all the range of human emotions and not avoiding them like we talked about in the episode of Awareness Precedes Change. And so that episode goes into more depth about how to process and allow your emotions. So in this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how that process is what really gives you strength or what people refer to as emotional resilience. So instead of repressing those emotions, like we talked about, you allow those emotions, right? Instead of trying to beat yourself up because you hurt or because you're crying, you know, you allow yourself to be sad and to hurt and to look at those thoughts that are causing those emotions, right? And from a place of acceptance and love, instead of hate and resistance, which we know doesn't work, you look at it and you say, man, I'm hurting right now, right? You show yourself that self-compassion and you say, this is, this is a struggle. And speak to yourself kindly. That's that first step that we talked about in the self-compassion episode. And then connect with your common humanity. All humans struggle. All beings struggle. We go through this. I'm not alone. I'm not isolated in my suffering. We all experience this. And then you move into that mindfulness. And that's where you're able to look at it. You're not pretending that it doesn't hurt, right? You're acknowledging that it hurts, but then you're also not creating the negative narratives and the extra stories around it, right? You can look at those stories like, I'm hurt because she doesn't love me. She doesn't respect me. She's running all over me. She's rude. She doesn't care about me. I must be worthless. I'm not good enough. Those stories and this is a disaster. This is the worst thing that could happen. The day is ruined. The week is ruined. My life is ruined. You know, the extra that we add to it, that's the part that the mindfulness helps us say, okay, not going there. But 
having that and being able to go through that process and allow those emotions, it's like taking your mind and your emotions to the gym, right? If you just try to lift a weight and you're like, this hurts and it's uncomfortable and I can't do it. This sucks. I'm weak. I'm not doing this. Then you're not going to be able to lift the weight, right? And you're going to face that again and again. You're never going to be able to lift that weight. Every time that hurt comes, every time the crying comes, anytime the pain comes, you're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to beat yourself up and you're going to want to quit. And you're going to say, I don't want to feel this. I just don't want to, right? But since that's not possible, you're going to come up to it again and you keep going through it. And that doesn't build any strength. But when you go through that process, the self-compassion process and the allowing of the emotions that we talked about in Awareness Precedes Change, then you are going through it, right? You're holding that emotion. You're picking up that weight and you're holding it for the prescribed amount of time or the the reps that you need, and then you're allowing it to lessen its hold and fade away. So that is an exercise that's working out. You can't build any strength if you don't do the work. You can't build emotional strength, actual, you know, emotional resilience if you avoid the feeling altogether and just wish that you didn't have to feel it and that it just wouldn't happen, right? Wishing that you were an emotionless robot is not ever going to get you there because you are a human being, which is a good thing. So instead, practice like we talked about in the Awareness Proceeds Change episode, allowing those emotions and building your strength. If you want to be strong, like my clients say, you know, I just want to be strong. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to cry about this. Allow yourself to be hurt and to cry about it, (laughs) right? Because then that's when you start working through this process. You can't go through the process until you allow the emotion. And then that's when you start looking at it, right? And connecting and looking at it mindfully. And then you can start looking at those thoughts and which thoughts are causing it and how to change them. So then in the future, when something happens, there's always some new twist, some new thing, right? Some complication that will come up, something new, and it will trigger those thoughts or trigger thoughts that cause painful emotions because that's life and that's going to happen, right? But when that happens, each time you know that you have this process and these tools. And so you're like, oh, okay, whoo, that hurt again. You know, I know what that feels like. That feels like pain of rejection. Yes. Today didn't go well at work. My boss yelled at me. You know, that hurts. I I remember this feeling. It's happened before, right? Maybe you cry a little bit and you don't tell yourself, I wish I didn't cry when my boss yelled, (laughs) right? You let it go a little bit. You look at the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, and you connect to your humanity and to yourself in just a kinder and gentler way. And in doing that, you make space for that pain and you're able to hold it. And so then the next time your boss yells at you, you know the process. You know that you've been through it, that you made it through, that you dealt with the thoughts, right? You might have to work on them again, but you know what they were and how they tripped you up, the the thoughts that you had that, you know, maybe if I were a better employee, if I did a better job, if, you know, if, if I was worthy of respect, none of this would happen those kind of thoughts. You've identified those and you've worked on them. So you do some more work on them, right? Tweak and keep growing. 
And then each time it hurts less and less or it hurts, but the amount of time you spend on it is less and less. Right. And then the times that 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 affects you get less and less. And then one day you notice, you know, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, my boss yelled at me like three times this month and I I didn't even notice (laughs) so many of the changes that I've made in my personal life with my coach. It'll just occur to me later that that situation has improved and gotten better and and I haven't even realized yet. I've just moved on working on something else. One day you could look back and be like, oh, that doesn't even bother me anymore. And you've gone a long time and, and, and not been upset by that, you know, and then maybe your partner yells at you and it starts again and you're like, whoa, okay, well, that does hurt. And now I'm having a physical reaction that I cry. But I've been through this with my boss, maybe my partner, he's a little, you know, a little, he or she's a little closer to my heart, right? And a little more tender. It feels fresh and new, but I know the pain and I know how to support myself. You know, I know how to connect to my humanity that everybody goes through this. And I know how to be mindful and not create extra stories in my head that will make this situation more difficult. And I know how to do the work on my thoughts and having compassion for myself and for my partner and to work through this. And so you build that trust in yourself and you build that emotional resilience. And then, you know, each time you're stronger, each time you deal with it and it takes less effort and less stress and less pain. And that's how it works. We would love a magic pill. <laughs> One of my clients jokes with me. She, she'll say, yes, yes, give me the pill. I just need the pill. And yeah, that'd be great. We'd all love that. But again, we wouldn't be human if we could just switch emotions on and off and whenever we wanted to, and it would be robotic. But instead, we feel them, we process them, we experience them, and it gives our life all kinds of experience and richness that we wouldn't have otherwise. So that's what I encourage you to challenge any thoughts that you have about what it means to be emotionally strong. Because you can, you can be sitting there with tears streaming down your face and be emotionally strong and do the work, right? And be picking up that emotion and managing it. That doesn't mean anything. Or if you feel hurt, if you feel pain, and you're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't feel this. I shouldn't let this get to me. Well, it did. It hurt you. Telling yourself that I shouldn't let this get to me, it's just now you're turning on yourself as well. Now you're telling yourself that you're rejecting yourself. (laughs) You're like, oh, they rejected you and you felt hurt and you shouldn't have. I reject you as well. (laughs) You are rejected. (laughs) Big red stamp on it. So instead, give yourself compassion. Compassion for whatever emotion you're having. Practice allowing it. Like in the awareness precedes change. And then work towards identifying those thoughts that are causing it and how you can manage it in the future. And that gives you a process. It gives you a plan. It's it's a workout plan, right? (laughs) You're going to do the work. That's your plan. And you've got it in place and you trust yourself to do it, to execute it each time. Progress, not perfection. We're not getting to robot stage. We're staying human. But you trust yourself to do that work And take care of yourself and meet your needs emotionally, mentally, you know, and 
that changes your relationship with yourself, that that bit of kindness and acceptance. And it eliminates all that resistance and the negativity and beating yourself up, which does not lead to change. Just like we've talked about before, since I'm doing the, the workout analysis, if you go in the gym and you're working out because you hate your body and you're trying to punish it and beat it into submission, if you're going, right, if you're going to the gym, yeah, you will get some results. But you're not going to get the same results as a person who comes in there and they love their body and they want it to be stronger or to be faster or to be more flexible, whatever it is they're training. And they enjoy the movement and they enjoy that little bit of struggle and uncomfortableness because they know that they're growing, right? And they're increasing their abilities to, you know, do whatever it is they love, maybe hiking or swimming or picking up their kids and throwing them in the air, just to have a, you know, a sense of physical movement and health. If that person is going there for that and they're focused on it and they're enjoying it, right, and they're enjoying the process, they're going to put in more reps. They're going to enjoy that time. They're going to be happy. They're going to stay a little longer. They're not just going to struggle through the prescribed workout and go home, right? They're going to push. They're going to full range of motion and really focus and and evaluate their workouts and and tweak it next time and increase their strength and then switch to hypertrophy. But, you know, they're they're going to do all those things versus the person who's doing it because they hate themselves just showing up, just gritting their teeth and getting through it. And the result is going to be different because the person who's showing up and putting in that extra effort because they want to is going to have better results. So if you're sitting there beating yourself up every time you feel hurt or you cry, then, like I said, you you can't trust yourself and you're going to be miserable and sad. You're going to have the hurt and pain of someone else's rejection as well as your own. And you're just going to shut off and shut down and get rid of that emotion as soon as you can, whether it's numbing it or avoiding it in whatever way that you choose. And you're not going to build any resilience, any strength to it. And that's, you know, that's not what you want. What you want is to be strong, right? So to be strong, you have to hold space. Hold space for the feeling. Hold it. Do the exercise. And you'll get stronger. So that's what was on my mind. And I wanted to share it with all of you because... I I see it a lot with my clients, so I know it's, and I learned from my own experiences, so I know it's very common that you have thoughts that you're emotional and you cry or you're weak because you have feelings. (laughs) And that's not true. That doesn't make you weak. Avoiding and trying not to have feelings that kind that's it's an optional thought. I'm not going to say that means you're weak, but it it does show an unwillingness to to face something, right? A a fear. And that is not really something that we generally connect with strength. So work through this, listen to the Awareness Proceeds Change episode and um, the episode about thought work, which I believe will be the one before this, and start practicing the work and putting yourself out (laughs) there to Feel the emotions that you feel and allow them and build that emotional resilience. 
If you are interested in having help with this work, someone to walk you through it and help you apply, you know, this to particular thoughts and feelings and situations in your life, then please reach out to me. Um, You can visit my website. You can contact me on Instagram and schedule a consult to talk with me about one-on-one coaching. I would love to work with you one-on-one and help you, you know, dig deep and build that emotional resilience that you want and that will give you that life that is less anxiety, you know, less stressful and something that you enjoy and love and can really be present and experience. So if that's something you're interested in, please reach out for one-on-one coaching and start applying this work today and let me know. Reach out and just let me know how it goes and what you've learned from this episode and, you know, how you're progressing and let me know about your workouts and that emotional resilience. That's all for today. I hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are listening to this and um, I will talk to you again soon.